and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm Natalie Britt, and this week we're talking about whether or not you're doing too much self-development. Now, before I go any further, I have to clarify what I mean by that, because self-development has two parts. There's the self-development industry where you gather all the information, and then there's the self-development that is about you putting into practice new habits and new ideas. So when I ask, are you doing too much self-development, I'm talking about the first half of that equation, the gathering of the information, the reading of the books, the attending of the courses, joining the webinars, getting into Clubhouse and joining the conversations in there. This episode is all about how to determine whether you're doing too much of that stuff. Before we get started, I should probably address the elephant in the room, which is my raspy, husky voice. Hey, baby. My voice is partially responsible for the inspiration for this week's episode, but I'll explain all of that later. Anyway, let's get started. According to PR Newswire, the self-development industry is worth $56.6 billion a year. So clearly, many of us are investing very heavily in our personal development. But how do you know if you're doing too much? Well, it's all about the balance between learning and action. My job is that I am a trainer and a coach. And when I'm doing training courses, I'm in rooms full of people, giving them information, helping them work through different activities and helping them learn. Very often, people will come up to me at the end of a workshop and they will thank me. They'll tell me about the things they've learned and how it's kind of opened their minds and all the different things they're going to do with what they've learned. Now, depending on how things are structured, sometimes I meet those people again and sometimes I don't. But invariably, when I do meet them again, there's only ever a handful of people who have done anything with what they were fired up about in the first place. It's more common for people not actually to be able to recall the specifics of what they learned if it's more than a couple of months back and they haven't put it into practice. Sometimes people will remember it, but then they'll usually say what got in the way or how busy they were and they just, you know, couldn't find the time or whatever. Maybe they tried it once and it didn't work and then that kind of discouraged them and they didn't go further. And that's the same pattern you'll see if you're doing too much self-development. You'll have so much learning, so many books that you'll be able to say, yep, I've read that. Seminars, been on that free webinar. Oh, yeah, loved it. It was great. Where is the evidence of what you learned? What did you put into practice? If that part's not clear, then perhaps you've moved on too quickly to make really good use of what you learned. Dale Carnegie said, knowledge isn't power until it's applied. And that's the thing. If you're doing too much self-development, then you're constantly gathering useful information without giving yourself a chance to apply it, which arguably isn't self-development at all because it's not developing anything except theories. In training courses, I call this right answers on a flip chart. Almost everybody knows the right answers on a flip chart. I get a room full of leaders in a room, they know what to do. Do they do it? Not always. They know the right answers, but implementing the right answers is much harder. Now, arguably, you don't have to do too much self-development for this problem to apply. You could read one book, find something incredibly useful in it, go on one course and find something incredibly useful in it, and not implement it. 
But what I mean by too much is if you move on from that in the absence of applying the first thing, you're doing too much because the application is much more important than the learning. Or rather, the learning in the absence of application is completely pointless. You might as well not have done it at all. But if you're listening and you're thinking, well, see, that's not really fair because sometimes these things are great ideas, but I don't really have the opportunity to put them into practice straight away. You know, I read a parenting book, but I'm only pregnant at this stage, so I can't implement them and I still want to read another book. In that case, there can be benefit in adding more information, but the trouble is, as you gather information, the way we learn is by putting things into practice. If you have no opportunity to put things into practice, the likelihood is that when you need them, they won't be accessible. It's just not how our brains work. So if you are learning things at a point where you know you're not going to be in a position to put them into practice, then the most important thing you can do is make it really easy for yourself to find your way back to the salient points, to the things you want to remember. Not to go, oh, well, I've read the book and I'll just pop back to it when I need it. You won't pop back to it, I promise you. Well, one in a hundred of you will. The rest won't. The other way you know you're doing too much self-development is when the information you gather begins to contradict itself in ways that you can't make sense of. And therefore, the more you read, the more you learn, the more you confuse yourself and the less action you take. That's a very common one because different people take different strategies and different approaches and different people believe different things. So much of the self-development world is based on people's experiences and perceptions and opinions. Yes, there is some science behind some of the work, but even in science, the perspective of the researcher is going to change what they were looking at. Who funded the research is potentially going to change what they're looking at and potentially going to shape whether the study ever sees the light of day. And these types of things are often useful to question and to critique and to think about. What is the benefit of this person sharing this research with you? What is in it for them? That's, of course, for another topic. But the point here is when you start to gather information that becomes so contradictory that you don't take any action, then you're learning too much and doing too little. Because what you now need is evidence from your own body, evidence from your own mind, evidence from your own life that tells you what works for you. Which brings me to the inspiration for this episode. You may or may not have noticed that my voice is a bit raspy. That's because I have a bit of a cold and I caught it off my son, who's been going to school and as soon as he goes back to school and the classes are full, of course he has caught a cold, which he does regularly and has always done since he started nursery. Seemingly, even in COVID-safe conditions, we can still pass our germs far and wide and freely. What's interesting to me, however, is I don't normally get his colds. He brings them into the house. They filter through the rest of the family. My daughter's pretty cast iron too, but my husband always gets them. And my son, of course, is the one who brings them in. He always gets them. I'm almost never sick. But recently, as a result of some self-development and some research, I decided I was trying intermittent fasting. This involved fasting for 16 hours a day and then I could eat for an 8-hour window between 11am and 7pm. I quite enjoyed it as a practice, to be honest, mainly because I enjoyed food a lot more. Prior to fasting, my food habits were a bit more erratic and I'd often eat when I wasn't hungry. I would be eating more for boredom or frustration or something like that. And I really wanted to do away with that, 
not only that as the purpose for fasting, but also I was hoping to regulate hormones. I thought that might be beneficial. However, an unintended consequence of fasting was that I stopped making fresh vegetable juice in the morning because I used to do that at half past seven when the kids were having breakfast. And then I would normally have something more breakfast food-like a bit later, sort of nine, half past nine, something like that. Now I wasn't eating till 11, work had already started, I had other things going on, I wasn't going to take 20 minutes to make a vegetable juice. So I stopped having them. Not only that, but by the time I did eat something at lunchtime, I was so hungry that I ate the things I could get to faster. So the idea of making a salad and chopping up all the various things that would go into that really didn't take my fancy. So it would be like, a sandwich, something I could prepare quickly, or I'd open the fridge and just reach in and start eating something that I could immediately grab. While that was happening, the voice in my head about all of that was, oh, well, I finished fasting so I can eat whatever I want. Not really the case. So after three weeks of fasting, I have gained a small amount of weight and I have a cold. Arguably an indication that fasting doesn't work for me and therefore I should move on to the next thing. But it's not as linear as that. So I could go off and do the next thing, but I haven't tried this yet properly. I haven't worked out whether fasting has benefits if I can bring the positives of the things I was doing beforehand into this strategy. So what will make me move into the too much self-development category when it comes to food and health is if I move on from this and learn something new before I have fully tested this in my lifestyle and fully given myself a chance to overcome the problems that I have created by giving up some of the things that actually were valuable. So now it becomes problem solving within the strategy that I have just learned. Moving on to the next thing will probably bring me to the same point where I have marginal success, then I have a failure, assume the thing doesn't work for me and move on from it. So as you listen to this, I'd encourage you to think about the same in your own life. What are the books you read, the ideas you tried, the things that you thought, yeah, that sounds good, that'll be good for me, I'm going to do that. And then before you ever had a chance to solve the new set of problems that arises the minute you change something, you moved on to the next thing. It's easily done and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Nothing is a bad or a good thing really, it's just a thing. But what I hope this episode gives you is a chance to reflect on whether you're doing tons and tons of learning and then not really giving yourself a chance to let the learning embed, to give yourself a chance to let your habits change, to test your results, to problem solve as you go, and then to implement the things that make a difference for you. In some cases, people need help with these sorts of things. And actually, in all cases, having the right kind of help really speeds up the process and makes it super easy in comparison to doing it on your own. But regardless of whether you decide to go it alone or you decide to get a coach or whatever, that's the key message here. Implementation of one great development habit is better than learning five and doing nothing with any of them. So I guess that's the challenge I leave you with. Whatever you're reading or learning about now, don't move on until you've implemented it, tried it, tested it, overcome some of the problems that it's created for you and given yourself a really good chance to try it out before you decide whether or not it's for you. I'd love to know what kinds of things you're implementing, what you're working on right now, and what benefits it's going to bring to your life. And if the book you're reading is a life changer, then get in touch and join me on the podcast to tell me about it. 
We always love talking about life-changing books in the Big Happy Book Club. To get in touch with comments, questions, or book recommendations, just visit bighappylife.co.uk. You'll find the show notes there as well. And of course, if you need help implementing the changes you want to implement, then you can find details of coaching packages also at bighappylife.co.uk. For now, though, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.